thank you, Lord. These words of truth that you have saved us. We can put our trust in you. You are a living hope. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Woo! Ha! And Kim just whispered in my ear, um, you don't really need to preach now. In a good way. In a good way. But I'm going to anyway. Man, hope is alive. You know, some of you here need to hear that this morning. And we just sang it out and, and acknowledged that reality that in Christ, our hope is not in this world. It's not in the things that we plan and the things that we do and the places that we go on this earth. Our hope is in Him and Him alone, and that hope is alive, no matter what our circumstances tell us. We're going to continue our journey this morning in First Peter in this series called Hope in Hard Times. And so if you've got your Bibles with you today, turn with me back to First Peter. Again, go all the way to Revelation, the last book in the New Testament. Take a left, three Johns, and you'll bump into Peter there, first and second. Um, God's trying to tell us something. Maybe He doesn't want me to preach. <laughs> Let's see if I if I'm obedient, paying attention to what's going on here. Um, our small groups uh, started uh, this week, and and they're running alongside uh, this series, as as Stephen mentioned. And it's not too late to get connected. We got most of you connected into a small group, whether it's on Sunday morning at 9:30. Uh, that group is is filling the room down there. So if that's a good time for you, go ahead and jump in. Again, it's not too late. And then uh, women's groups, men's groups, couples groups uh, throughout the week. Uh, you can go to our website and, and get connected to one of those and sort of debrief these these truths uh, in the context of community. We had uh, a den full of folks uh, at our house on uh, Wednesday night. Just great discussion and and great time of community and, and prayer um, as we continued to walk through what Peter's trying to tell us here. And, and the bottom line in in Peter's uh, letter to, to these persecuted Christians that have sort of been dispersed uh, from Jerusalem and into modern-day Turkey or Asia Minor is, hey, hope is alive. Hope is alive. No matter what you're going through, no matter how hard life is right now, hope is alive because your hope and your faith is in the living Christ. And so Peter sets the stage in verses 1 through 12, and we walked through that uh, last Sunday, and he reminds us, if you weren't here, uh, that this world is not our home, that we're just passing through this place. And, and because of that, it's important that we remember whose we are, that we're, we're God the fathers and we are fully forgiven children of God, and that we remember who we are, that our identity is found in this living hope, in this resurrected Christ. We're eternally secure and that gives us the capacity to persevere this side of heaven. Again, uh, Peter's writing to, to this group of Christians that are persecuted. He reminds them and he's reminding us today that, that our salvation, the hope that we have in Christ, is greater than our situation. 
No matter what we're going through, our salvation is always greater than our situation. He's not dismissing the suffering that they're going through with some pie-in-the-sky philosophy of being a Christian. And God doesn't dismiss our suffering here. But he is calling them and he is calling us to look beyond it. Or as somebody in our small group said Wednesday night, to see through the suffering to the hope that we have in the risen Christ. I saw a quote uh, recently by John Piper. Anybody familiar with John Piper? Phenomenal pastor, theologian, uh, just just good stuff. Anything that comes from John Piper, man, is solid and you can count on it. <laughs> but this one kind of took me by surprise. Um, Piper said this. He said, uh, he, said the, he said the Christian life, and he defines the Christian life, and he says the Christian life is the everyday heroism of bashing on through one disappointment after another. You know, I read that and I thought, that's not very encouraging. That's not a good selling point. Get more people in church. Come join us so we can bash on together through all the disappointments of life. I thought, man, I don't know. Piper might be a little off with it. And then the more that that I read that, the more that it hit me as I reflected on my own journey with Christ, how true that really is when we acknowledge the pain, the suffering, and the difficulty of this journey in Christ before we are as He is in heaven. It's tough to live the Christian life here. But it's not the best tagline for filling up our churches. But for countless believers, that's what life this side of heaven looks like. Just making it through the day and holding on to hope is an act of heroism. Can anybody identify with that? Mm -mm, Just me? Man, somebody else needs to be leading this show. Man, in our culture, we look at that quote and we say, "Ah, what a pessimistic view of Christianity. You know the problem with Western Christianity? There's not that big of a contrast, we think, from the comfort that we experience here to what we're going to experience in heaven. We can almost not really imagine what heaven is going to be like because oftentimes we're just so comfortable here. And that's the target of our life, to get as comfortable as we possibly can. That's the suburban goal. And so there's, you know, we're, we're pretty comfortable for the most part. Not everybody, but, but in, in relative terms, compared to the whole world, we're very comfortable. So there's not this huge of a contrast. So when we talk about, we cry out for this living hope that we have in Christ. It's hard to really bring tears to bear when we're really pretty comfortable where we are. And it's like, wait a minute, this is more of a threat to my comfort than it is the hope that I have. But in countless cultures across the globe, that is the reality that they live in, man. Just bashing through one disappointment after another. And that is the heroism of the Christian life. We had a team leaving for Haiti uh, tomorrow. 
Um, Robert and I were, were taking a team there to, to celebrate the graduation of the community uh, and the release of this community Shadrach that we've been partnered with for seven years. Um, and, and we were going to be going with the 410 Bridge and, and about four other churches around the country. We were heading to Shadrach to celebrate with them and release them into just self-sufficiency. The, you know, they graduated from program. They don't need us anymore. And uh, we we're going to present them with a gift that's out there of all the teams that have gone, pictures and signatures and well wishes and all that kind of stuff. And then got uh, the State Department uh, raised the threat level, the travel level uh, this week. And we were watching the protests and everything that were going on over there. And then last night they just ramped it up to, you know, no travel. I mean, it just is getting tough over there. And so we had to cancel our trip yesterday. So we're not going to be going uh, to Haiti because it's not safe to enter the country right now. Um, and, and so for us, you know, that's an inconvenience and it's a disappointment. I know it was for me that we don't get to go celebrate with our friends there. We're, gonna, we're postponing it. We'll, we'll get there um, eventually. But then I started thinking this morning as I was just walking through this message, you know, for us it's just an inconvenience. You know, we're going to change our plans, this kind of thing. <laughs> for them... That's the reality they live in every single day. Not to mention it's tough to get food. There's very little, at least in our community, very little, if any, electricity. You know, before we got there, there was no running water. There was no school uh, in the community. Now, seven years later, we're leaving. They have that infrastructure. They really don't need us anymore. But, but things change in a heartbeat there. Violence just just creeps into their lives and difficulty from day to day. And so when we talk about, you know, and I look in the context of what Piper says here, you know, this the Christian life for them. Heck, yeah, that is exactly what the Christian life is, because their hope is not here. This life is profoundly disappointing for them. And for us, if we walk close to Christ and we get up every single day and say, Lord, I want to die to myself and I want to walk in your spirit today. Let me tell you something. When you do that, this life will be profoundly disappointing to you, too. The abundant life that Jesus promises us ultimately is not here. It is not here. You know, we got best-selling books uh, today. With titles like Your Best Life Now. These are Christian books by the top Christian authors. Your Best Life Now. Your Best Life is not now. And if you buy into that, you're going to end up in a hopeless place. And you will ultimately walk away from Christ if you expect that this is your best life. This is not your best life. Our hope is in Him and ultimately, where we will go when we shake off the sin and the fallenness of these earth suits that we live in. Books like Every Day of Friday. Take that and hand that to one of the families in Shadrach right now who's keeping their kids sheltered so that they don't get in the midst of this violent protest. Every day's a Friday, baby, because you know Jesus. Very few days are Fridays for them. 
And I want as you read things and as you buy into sort of this cultural Christianity that 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 plagues, you know, the the Western world, always keep this in mind. If the principle is not transferable to all believers, it's not truth. Because they don't have a different Bible than we have. They don't have a different God than we have. If the principle is not transferable to all believers, it's not truth. And that's what undermines the prosperity gospel. Because when you look at it and say, is this transferable to, you know, health and wealth in countries where, you know, they don't live to be 40 years old. They make $2 a day and that's what they live in. Is this transferable? No, it's not. Then it's not true. I'm way off where I was going. Um, but we had great worship. So let's just go home. Let me see. Um, so in these, these first 12 verses in, in 1 Peter, um, how many of you walked through that in your, in your groups and with some folks this week? Yes, yeah, so many of you have some good discussion about what Peter's trying to say here. You know, he establishes the truth again that our salvation is greater than our situation. These folks going through a tough time. And then you find the word in verse 13, therefore. And any time you see the word therefore in the scripture, you want to ask, what's it, what's it there for? Okay. So in other words, those first 12 verses, Peter has laid a foundation there. And then he says, because of this, therefore, and then he goes on to tell us how we should live. Okay. Because Christ is risen, because our hope is in Him, because we're strangers in a foreign land, because this world is not our home, because we're just passing through this place, because we have hope in the resurrection, this imperishable hope that will not fade. So because of all that, because of who you are and whose you are as a follower of Jesus Christ, this is how you should live. And he says this in verse 13, Therefore... Prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when? When Jesus is revealed. When either he comes back or we rise in the rapture to be as he is. It says, as obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. It says, don't go back to your old life. It says, as hard as things get, it's easy to lose hope. It's easy to think, you know, that this whole Christian thing, I don't know, is this real? Is God really, I mean, it's just so hard that, that, that I'm not sure Jesus is present. As Gary said, you know, that I, 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 is he here? Is he here to help? And it's so easy to lose hope in the midst of that. And it's so easy to just throw it all away and go back to the way we used to live. But guess what? There is no hope in that life. Bless you. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. That's a verse from Leviticus. 
I've got a lady that cuts my hair, um, and uh, she's a believer. Just love her to death. She's just, you know, full of the Spirit. And we always talk about the Lord when she's cutting my hair. And uh, she asked me, that she she listens to our podcast and what have you, and, and uh, she was asking me about the sermon um, last week. And, and we were talking about, you know, the reality of acknowledging uh, that, that the Christian life is difficult. You know, it's not an easy walk through this world. And uh, she said, yeah, my, uh, she said, my pastor said something interesting uh, a while back that really caught my attention. She said, he said that the Christian life is not difficult. It's impossible. If you think you can live the Christian life, you're on the wrong path. You will never be able to pull it off. And so when, we, when, when Peter brings that verse in from Leviticus, and, and it's God speaking there, he says, I want you to be holy as I am holy. You know, we can read that verse and go, well, there's no way I can be like you. He who had no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. That's how we become holy. Only in Christ. Only in Christ. Peter's piggybacking in here on the words of Paul in Romans 12 too. Right after Paul says, you know, he calls us to be living sacrifices in this world. To die to ourselves and to live for Christ. And then he says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but what? Be transformed by the renewing of your minds. And it's almost exactly what Peter is telling us here. The challenge is that we want to belong in this world. Everybody wants to belong. Everybody wants to be on the team. We don't want to be left out. We want to fit in. But Peter says this world is not our home. And he will later tell us that we're not to look to fit in in this culture. And and, I mean, that, that goes against the grain. We're not supposed to fit in here. But everything within our flesh says, I want to be part of it. I want to fit in. I don't want to feel left out. And later, as we continue through this series and in chapters 3 and 4, Peter says, no, you're not to fit in in this world, but God has provided you a place that you can, and that's the church, which is literally our home away from home. This is where we're called to be built into one body and to fit in and to find our place. Peter gives us four specific things beginning in verse 13, that we can do to live this impossible life, this side of heaven, to be holy as he is is holy. The first thing he says to do is, man, you've got to get your mind right. You've got to get your mind right. You've got to understand and you've got to acknowledge that this place is not our home, that that we were never meant to fit in here. And the problem is... Father, it's been a good Sunday, and I get it. Ghost in the machine, baby. 
Good stuff. All right. Um, trying to get my mind right. Uh, but but that's what that's what Peter tells you to do first and foremost. Because of all that, therefore, and you got to get your mind right. You got to understand this is the reality you live in. Because if you don't understand that, you're going to continually be bumping up against a difficult time, and you're going to be miserable trying to live the Christian life. Does that make sense? So you've got to understand the reality of who you are, whose you are, where you live, and the fact that your hope is not here. So much of our disappointment comes because our expectation is that we're going to be fully fulfilled here. You will never be fully fulfilled here. Interesting. Um, talking about bashing through every, the everyday heroism um, of, of life. It, you know, what does that look like? We're not persecuted Christians to a great degree here at all. We don't get that. I don't know what would happen or what will happen if and when that happens here uh, in the West. Um, I don't know how Christians will respond to that if it happens. Um, but, but, you know, Difficulty, persecution, disappointment is relative. We all go through it every single day, and God doesn't diminish it on any level. Okay, from having, you know, from being martyred all the way down to just having a bad day. God cares. And so, what does that look like on a regular basis? Uh, this week, uh, Kim works in, um, in Buckhead, uh, my wife, and, uh, loves her job, but the, the commute is horrendous. And just traffic, traffic is her nemesis. I mean, you know, it's just just beating your head against the wall trying to get down 400 and off Holcomb Bridge and all that fun stuff. Well, Kim sent me a text, uh, I don't remember, it was probably Wednesday, Thursday of this week, something like that. And uh, she said, still in Roswell, still on Holcomb Bridge. And I looked at my watch and she was an hour and ten minutes into it. We just live up here on 92. <laughs> So Holcomb Bridge, just a parking lot, you know, and and we've actually we've actually been talking about this, you know, because how many of you get that that traffic getting under your skin and it's like, Gah! okay, well that's an everyday disappointment. So we're we're talking about that and we're and and, and she's like pray for me, I, you know, and so and we've been you know since we've been walking through First Peter since we've been talking about being all in in the first series we started in the year dying to self all those kind of things you know I mean we Kim and I that's our dinner conversation what does that look like how can I do that better da 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 and so Kim's been consciously getting her mind right and working on that. And she texts me like an hour, like a two-hour journey. She texts me later. She said, in Buckhead, to God be the glory, able to give him my emotions, anger, you know, impatience. I'm going to be late for work, all that. In this whole thing and be thankful that he's making me in his image. I'm walking in calm and ready for work. That's what, how this translates. You know, so, well, I'm not a persecuted Christian. I haven't been driven from my home or what have you. That's how this translates to everyday life. You know, what happens is, if we don't walk through this process consistently, if we don't realize we're going to bump into these things and we've got to handle them in a better way, and we've got to process them in a better way, you just keep stuffing that stuff, and eventually you're just an angry and bitter person. If you don't deal with this stuff as it comes and allow Christ 
to refine you and to draw you into his image through it, it just continually builds and builds and builds and pushes us away from him. So that's what it looks like to get our mind right on a regular basis. Now, she might not have her mind right tomorrow, but, you know, she'd say the same thing about me. That's why Paul said, I die daily. You don't just get your mind right once. You don't just renew your mind once. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Daily, renewing our mind. Good heavens. Okay. I'm going to walk through these next three points in rapid fire. Gary, Heather, get back, get ready, y'all coming up. So that's what it looks like to get your mind right on a regular basis. Peter goes on to say, uh, be self-controlled. Okay? So, therefore, prepare your minds for action, then be self-controlled. In other words, exercise some discipline in your life. You know, a lot of us, if we exercise as much discipline spiritually as we do physically, man, we would be giants in the faith. Exercise some discipline. Allow the Spirit of God to direct your desires and not your flesh. Again, that comes back to that dying daily. Not being conformed to the desires you had in your former life. Peter then says, I need to, to do this, to live this life, you've got to expand your vision. You've got to lift your eyes up beyond the life and the world that you live in. He says, set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. Set your hope on the living hope that is to come. Expand your vision. Don't look for fulfillment and fullness completely this side of heaven because you will consistently be disappointed. And then he says this, Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for your brothers, love one another deeply from the heart. So Peter essentially is saying, Therefore, since this is the reality... This is the world you live in. This is not your home. I want you to live holy and I want you to love other people. That's, that's, that's the boiled down version of what I want to share with you today. How do we live in this world? We live holy in and through Christ who is our righteousness. And then practically we seek each day to die to ourselves and to love other people. To love others well, when you're struggling, when you're down, and I found this to be a principle in my life. When I'm going through a difficult time and, and there's just sort of this hum in the background of my life and I feel like the walls are kind of closing in, if I will lift my eyes up and I'll serve somebody else, that is the most transforming thing I can do in that period of time. It moves you beyond yourself and takes you to the place God would have you to be. And that's in service of others. Man, if you're having a horrible day, send somebody an encouraging card. It's not hard to do. If you're going through a tough time, you know somebody's sick in the church, man, make them a meal. Take it to their house. Or just go through the drive-thru and pick something up. Take it to Do something to serve somebody else. When you're going through a difficult time, and that is the best thing that you can do to transform your own perspective. So Peter leaves us with these things as to how we're to live. He says, man, you've got to get your mind right. Understand 
who you are, whose you are, and where you are. Exercise some discipline. Begin to take in truth on a regular basis. Begin to renew your mind daily. Expand your vision. Understand and live in the reality that our hope is not in this world. And then let all that manifest through loving others well. Let's pray. Father, thanks so much uh, for just an interesting Sunday um, and, uh, and your, your presence and your reality in this place. We thank you that uh, almost as, a, as an example of our lives, Lord, the enemy tries to, to throw us off course and he tries to um, get us moving in a different direction, Lord, but uh, you give us what we need to, to press on and to push through and to bash on through the difficulties and the disappointments in life. I pray for those who are in a tough, tough spot this morning. Lord, I pray that you would uh, be and present yourself even now as we close this, this service in song. You would present yourself and be their living hope. Lord, you would meet the need that they have spiritually uh, within their heart. You would comfort them and draw them, Father, into the faith if, if that be for the very first time, Lord, or if they are pushing back on the faith this morning, I pray that you would draw, draw them closer to yourself through your love. And I pray that in his name. Amen. Amen.